Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. This is uh, part two of our series called Legacy, which is actually really Legacy 2.0. If you do not know, I'm going to just give you a real brief summary of kind of what's going on with our church. And, and most of the time when I get up and preach and teach on a Sunday morning, uh, the context is, is you, that, that I'm trying to help you connect with God and connect with the scriptures and, and help you discover what God's abundant life for you is and what that looks like. Today in this series, though, uh, the, the context is not you, the context is us, because this series is really about our church, and it, and it has a very, very specific application. It has a very, very specific opportunity, and so what I'm going to teach you today has life ramifications. So if you never come back to this church, yeah, I mean, this, this, could, this could still change your life, but it has a very specific application, and it has to do with what's going on with our church right now. And so um, real quickly, can, can I just use, how many of you were not here last week? Could you just raise your hand or you were not here last week? Okay, awesome. So here's what I'd love to do. Ushers, I don't even know if you have as, as many as you need, but ushers, they have something that we handed out last week, plus attached to it is last week's message. So ushers, could you just stand up? And then if you, if you were not here last week, just slip your hand. I just want to give this to you for free. This is just information about what we're doing as a church. And this is the message. Now, it could be that you don't have a CD player anymore, okay? I'm aware that we're on the brink. Let me ask, how many of y'all still have a CD player? Everybody still got a CD player? How many does not have a CD player? You don't have a CD player. Okay, y'all need to go on and just watch the YouTube, because I know you got a YouTube, right? Or a podcast. Either, either way. So you can podcast it, you can YouTube it, you can go to our website, mbchurch.tv, and watch it there. Either way, if you were not here last week, I would say it is huge, it is pivotal that you go get caught up with us on this series. And so... The reason why is because, again, the context of everything that I say today is about us. It is about our church. And this is the brief story, is that, if you don't know, in November of 2016, we were approached by the people who own this building, the Shriners Event Center, and they basically just told us, hey, we're pretty sure we're going to sell this building in the next two or three years. Do you want to buy it? To which we said, well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we can but we sure want to. And I started meeting with everybody from architects to board members to bankers to you name it. And we met with everybody. And we put together, I met with other pastors who'd built buildings or renovated buildings. And so we just went on this journey, this exploring journey to figure out what it would take and what it would do. And then we decided to present it to you. And so literally this time last year, this is an anniversary. Legacy is an anniversary month, really, this month of March. Because last year we introduced this opportunity for us not just to rent this building, to actually buy it and own it. But to do that, we would have to start a capital campaign. We would have to start raising money above and beyond our normal giving. And man, I'm telling you what, everybody just jumped on board. Everybody got stoked and excited and pumped and people started giving. And, and we talked about this last week, the leaders gave first and then other people got in. And so what we did was, is we came up with a way in which you could actually pledge to give above and beyond your normal giving. And then we combined that with what we called Miracle Offering Sunday. So we thought one time per year, we're just going to go all out and ask the people to give their very best one-time single offering. And then throughout the rest of the year, is there something that you could do incrementally above and beyond your normal giving that you could pledge and then stick to and be faithful to? And so this is really, if you would put this up on the screen, is we really ask people to do three things because actually this one may be the most, everybody say pray. And we're going to talk about this today. But the most important thing you can do is pray. And the reason why is because if you have a building, but you don't have God, then you've got nothing. Can I get an amen? Like, like, like we, we, we could be an old boys club or an old girl, and we could, we could host kinsenettas and bar mitzvahs and crab feeds, but like, I'm not coming. 
So if God's, if God's not here, I'm going home. If God's not here, we're wasting our time. The Bible says if the Lord doesn't build it, the people labor in vain. And so I want you to pray. And as a church, we just determined last year, and this is really, like I said, just a big kind of anniversary to this. I need you to pray. The next thing I need you to do is consider your finances because this is a, this is a financial decision. This is in the realm of dollars and cents and money and budgeting. And I need, this is what me and my wife did. We sat there and looked at like, okay, well, we've got this and we could cut this out of our monthly budget and just dedicate this. And what at one time we could do this and we could maybe sell this. Or I know people that like their tax returns are coming in or, you know, what everybody's got their own thing. But consider your finances. What could we do? Lord, what would you have me do? What is because I believe in these moments, this is my experience. You tell me what you tell me later what you do. Is that when an opportunity, a, a righteous kingdom, godly opportunity comes along, I find that the Lord just kind of impresses something on my heart. It's, it's, it's like he kind of just almost speaks to me maybe in a number or an amount. And I do the same thing. So I get this impression and then I go to my wife and I'm like, I think we're supposed to do this. What do, what do you think we're supposed to do? We talk about it. We pray about it. And we consider our finances. Now, after you pray and consider your finances, this is the date that I need you to write down right now in, in, your, um, in your Palm Pilot. So... That's funny. You got a mess. So get out your iPhone. But y'all remember Palm Pilots? When I asked earlier if anybody had a CD player, I just got into this like nostalgic thing. Anyway, how many of you don't know what a Palm Pilot is? Yep. So uh, so now I'm embarrassed. Okay, so ple- Pledge Week. So, so last year we did this. We did Miracle Offering and Pledge Week on two separate dates. For sake of time this year, we want to do it on the same date. So in two Sundays, this is what I need you to do over the next two weeks. I need you to pray. I need you to consider your finances. And then on this date, what we're going to do is we're going to do kind of two things. Number one is we're going to bring our very best one-time offering. And then we're also going to bring our pledge card. So if you were here and you just got handed the little piece of paper, you can see one of them is just information about legacy in the building and some details. And the other one, though, is a pledge card. And just so you know, like pledging is not some type of... um, it has to be done this way. It can only be done this way. You have to do it like this. The answer is you pray and whatever God puts on your heart, that's what you do. And you can see whether it's something that you do monthly or quarterly or weekly. It's, it's just whatever it is. This is not somebody asked me, like, are you going to call people and have, you know, no, we don't call and collect. OK, <laughs> nobody has ever gotten a call. I mean, like, yeah, I noticed you're a little late on your pledge. I'm going to need you to step it up or uh, get out, you know. Y'all know that like there that throughout the history of the church there were times of like massive, awful, evil church corruption where people did that. They're like, Yeah, you want your loved one to get out of hell? You're gonna need to cut a check. That's not what this is, okay? Uh no, this is about God speaking to you. This is about you believing in the kingdom of God and wanting his kingdom to come and his will be done and for him to do it through our local church. That's, that's what this is about. And so I want you to consider your finances and, and pray. And then again, on that day, two weeks from now, bring your very best one-time offering. You pray and consider what that is. And then also, is there something that you can pledge, some type of ongoing incremental above and beyond your normal giving? Everybody say, okay. If you have any questions about this, you can always call us, email us, or come talk to me anytime on a Sunday morning or anybody on our team or staff or anybody like that. You can always ask them if you need more information. But that's what we're doing. That is legacy. And so many of you pledged. As a matter of fact, how many of you were here last year when we did this? And you've already done this. And then, this is, now this is incredible. Last week I said, how many of y'all were not here? I was amazed at how many hands went up. So so many new people and new families that have joined 
our church family. And so um, anyway, this is why we want everybody to get on this. So if you weren't here last year, this is brand new for you. If you were here last year, then I just want you to re-up. And it could be, no, this is what we pledged last year, and it's the same. And so anyway, just fill out the card again the same way you did before. Just, I, I just want to know you're with us and connected and all that good stuff. And hey, maybe you won the lottery this year and you can increase. So you, know, you, can, re, you can recalibrate now. Um, look, if you won the lottery and you didn't tell me, I'm going to be mad. I just want you to know that. And so anyway... So that's what's going on at our church. Now, everybody say pray. Now, but here's what I want to talk about today. Because if I'm asking you to pray, then I thought I would kind of pull you into what I have been praying. Because ever since this building opportunity came about, I just started praying. And I probably started praying about a specific thing more than I ever have before. Because I mean, know, like, I pray for you, I pray for my family, I pray for my life, I pray for little things as they pop up. But I'd never really targeted my prayer in such a way. I'd never picked one thing and I thought, I'm going to bang on the doors of heaven. I'm going to annoy my heavenly father. Do you all know that there's a parable that Jesus tells and it's about an obnoxious woman? And it says that she keeps coming to her master, kind of, come on, I need you to help me, I need you to help me, I need you to help me. And I think at the end of the parable, everybody's hoping that Jesus says, yeah, this woman needs to be quiet because God already knows, right? And what he does, he actually commends her. And he goes, no, that's awesome. She is literally banging on the doors of heaven. She's just relentless and persistent. And I've never been more persistent in praying about maybe a particular thing than I have been about praying for this legacy opportunity. And so today I just thought I'd invite you in. Now, I've shared this with this church a couple of years ago. But it was the prayer that God put on my heart. I thought I need to just refresh and and bring this back to you again and remind you again. Or for those of you who have never heard this, it is powerful. This is to me one of the great prayers of the Bible. Because... Uh, here's here's the thing i know about you you pray right i know people that don't even believe in god and they pray you ever notice if it gets bad enough you pray you'll say if you if you because if you go back and maybe you had a, a, a a season of your life where you had no faith in god you would pray stuff like look i don't even know what's up there i don't even know if you're real i don't even know if whatever but god if you're out there you don't even believe and you pray why? Because if you're desperate enough and you need or you want or your desires or, or whatever it is, you pray. Now, some of you on the other end of the spectrum, you pray because you know it draws you closer to God. You have devotion time and you, you feel like God speaks to you in prayer and it helps you. Uh, it, it, it's a form of meditation even in terms of like just connecting with God. And that's awesome. And everywhere else, some of y'all pray in the shower. Some of y'all pray in the car. Some of y'all pray. Don't close your eyes. Um, some of y'all pray all kinds of different. Sometimes you just pray when you're desperate. Sometimes you pray, but y'all pray. And here's the other thing I know about you. Not only do you pray, but you want God to answer your prayers. Can I get a what, what? Yeah. Because if you didn't want God to answer your prayers, you, you wouldn't have answered. You wouldn't even ask, right? You, so you want God to answer your prayers. And so what I did was I went into the scripture and I found some incredible prayers in the Bible where God answered these prayers. And one of them is so unique. It's called the prayer of Jabez. And it's this prayer that ever since I found it and studied it and read about it, it just kind of got put in my heart. As a matter of fact, it didn't even put in my heart, it got put in my wallet. Because what I did was is I wrote it down on a little piece of paper and I stuck it in my wallet so that every time I opened my wallet, which apparently is too much according to my wife, but every time I opened my wallet, I would see the prayer. And it did not keep me from spending, but it did make me pray. Like I'd see the prayer and be reminded of this prayer and I just made it a part of my life. And when the building opportunity came along this legacy opportunity i just i like all right y'all don't judge me 
I promise every time I drive by the building, typically I'm praying this prayer. And sometimes when I leave work in the afternoon, I drive around the building. I feel like Joshua marching around Jericho. And I'll drive around the building and I'll pray this prayer. And so can I share this prayer with you today? Let's read it together. The Bible says this. This is out of First Chronicles chapter 4, verse number 9. The Bible says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And that's it. That's the prayer. Because you ever, have you ever felt like sometimes you wanted to pray, but you didn't know if you were praying it the right way? You ever felt like, am I doing this right? Is there like a pose? Is there like a posture? Did I get the right, correct angle from my knee to the torso? As I, did I say it with the right word? Do I need to speak in King James to get this to really get all the way there? And you don't even know how to pray. And what you notice is, is that throughout the scripture, there is no absolute way to pray. Now, the Lord's Prayer is fascinating. It's, it's really, I think, the best model for how you pray. It's not the recited prayer thing. It's the model is what it is. But I think one of these prayers right here gives you this idea that, oh, wow, wow, he just asked. That's incredible. As a matter of fact, I find this to be an incredibly ambitious prayer. It's kind of gutsy. It's kind of bold. It's kind of, hey, let's be honest. He did not start off saying, God, I'd like peace in the Middle East. And Lord, would you pray for grandma who's not feeling good right now? And he, he didn't start out with any of that stuff. Even if you look at the Lord's prayer, which Jesus gives us again as a model of prayer, he said the first thing you ought to do is honor your heavenly father and have a moment of worship and recognize that it's his kingdom. Jabez skips all that. <laughs> doesn't pray for grandma, doesn't worship the Lord. He just jumps right in and says, oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Now let me make a, a few observations about this, uh, this prayer because I think it's powerful. The first thing that I notice is, is this is that it's found in the middle of nowhere. Like, it's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Now, this is what I know when I talk to people. If you ever ask, hey, do you have a favorite Bible verse? Nobody ever quotes anything from 1 Chronicles. Nobody even knows where 1 Chronicles is in the Bible. If I had to put $100 on it right now, most of y'all couldn't find it. It's kind of stuck Somewhere, and then, now this is the other part. Not only is First Chronicles not like the, the, the book of the Bible that we read the most, it's actually found in the first eight chapters of Chronicles, which is this. Weird guy begot another weird guy, which begot another weird guy, and they just begot some other people with weird names too. The first eight chapters is nothing but begots, which means this. Even if you're one of those great people that does the Bible in a year program, don't lie, you skipped this. No way you read eight chapters of Bagasse. I don't believe you. So, but, but now let me tell you why it's important. One of the reasons why the Bagats are important is because it tells us these are real people. Right? A fable doesn't begin with, okay, let me tell you who he was and where he lived and who the king was at the time. No, that's how you start actually talking about things that historically happen. When you start talking about myths, you start out with something like, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, They start with these begots because they're letting you know that they're real people. As a matter of fact, I read this story recently that 
they were translating the Bible for this brand new people group and this brand new language that had never had the Bible. And because they were in a hurry to get it done, when they translated the book of Matthew into their language, that was the first book they did, is that they were in such a hurry that they skipped the whole early part, which is the ancestry and the begots of Jesus. And after like teaching these brand new people about who Jesus was, it, it, it dawned on the missionary because they said, um, this is all make-believe, right? This guy is not real. And they were like, why would you say that? Because like, he has no family. <laughs> so the begots prove you have a family, you have a history, you have people. This is, this is real stuff. And so for the first eight chapters of Chronicles, is just letting you know, hey, these are real people and this is real things. But here's what's weird. Right in the middle of eight chapters of, of boredom, what we would call boring people names. The Holy Spirit somehow hits the brakes and stops and inserts these two scriptures in the middle of the begots. And it's about this guy named Jabez. Now, now the point is this. I just wanted you to know that if you ever felt like your life wasn't a big deal and that if your life felt a little bit obscure and if you ever felt like I'm one of eight billion and I'm not that important... If I'm one of eight billion, how could God ever hear my prayers? I just thought I would share this with you. And it's this, is that you don't have to be famous or special for God to answer your prayers. You can be in the middle of nowhere. You can live out in the boonies. You cannot be a big deal. You cannot be that important. You can be one of, I don't know how many weird, crazy family members. And God still wants to answer your prayer. It doesn't matter how seemingly obscure you think you are, God still hears your prayers. Isn't that comforting to know? Like one of eight billion, and God still knows my name and hears my prayers. The other thing that it says, though, not only was it obscure where the verse was found, but it says two very specific things about him in the first verse. The first thing it says is this. It says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Everybody say more honor. Now, I don't know about you, but like, it doesn't say he was gifted. It says he was more honorable. Now, now, this is my opinion. When I look at other people that are gifted and talented, sometimes I'm a little envious of them because I think, oh man, they, they, can, they can sing or they can dance or they can jump or they can, they're fast or they're this or they're whatever, they're good looking or whatever it is and you admire. But, but that's not what we call honor, is it? Like, that's just, that's talent. And there's a difference between talent and honor, when I think of honor, I'm normally thinking of like incredible courage or sacrifice or character and integrity. Somebody that went above and beyond. And there was something about Jabez that compared to everybody else around him, he was a person that was determined to be more honorable. Does that make sense? And I just want you to know like that's something that's important to your heavenly father. That it doesn't matter necessarily like, you know, what what your gifting level is or what your talent level is, he wants to know what your honor is like. Do you see the difference? Or we could put it like this, is that character and faithfulness distinguish you far above talent or gifting. Can I get an amen? Like, Because you ever notice this? If somebody achieves great success purely by gifting and talent, we're like, eh, that's cool. But if somebody is so diligent, so hardworking, so dedicated, we're like, wow. Because... Your gifting was God-given, but you're living life like that. You're, you're, th- that living a life of honorability, that's something that you chose to do. You chose to live that way. And so that's something that distinguished him above all of his brothers. Now, the second thing that it says is this, and this is really, really weird to us, but it was incredibly common to them. Now, real quick, how many of you went to like a website to pick your kid's name? Anybody do that? You went to... 
Am I the only one that did? Okay, thank you. So me and you, so let's just forget them for a second. So what we did was, is we went to a website and we started like Googling girl names, right? Because I'm like, because like, I almost got angry at the woman. What'd you say, almost? Okay, I did. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, I got angry. But I didn't get, I didn't get mean, I just was, in, I was internally angry. There was a low boil, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, so what happened was, is she came in the room, was like, I need the name of the baby. And we're like, well, I don't know yet. I don't know what the name of the baby's going to be yet. And she goes, well, I'm going to need that in an hour. And I'm like, dang, girl, this isn't like sticking a quarter and turn the thing and see what pops out. This is, this is the name that my child will carry for the rest of her life. We're not rushing this thing. I'll let you, I'll, don't call me, I'll call you. And I was trying to be nice. That I don't know if it came out like that. It might have, I don't know. But anyway, because when you choose somebody's name, we want something cute or fun or, or, or something that we, or it represents somebody or a family member or something. That's typically how we name people. Now, they named people back then many times according to their circumstances. And it actually says this. If you, if you read the scripture, it says this. It says that his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. Do you know what that means? Like his name in Hebrew, Jabez, actually means born in pain. So it's, it's, the, the scripture is just telling you that outright. That's what his name means. So what, how, that's kind of mean, isn't it? Like moms don't name your kid, hey, pain kid. Because that's what that, and everybody knew it too. Because like everybody spoke the language. They knew what these words represented and what they meant. You know what I mean? So like he's the pain kid. Hey, pain. And the Bible doesn't tell us why. Like, like your mother might have told you. Do you know how many hours I spent in labor? Did anybody get one of those? Do you know how long I carried you? You know, you get that from mama. I don't know. Maybe it was a hard childbirth. Sometimes it was a hard life. Maybe it was a season of life where she had incredible pain. But the mom decided, and I don't recommend you do this, to label her son the pain kid. Which is kind of awful. As a matter of fact, when I hear this story, I actually think of an old Johnny Cash song called A Boy Named Sue. That's an awesome song, by the way. If you don't know, you need to go Google that later today and it'll bless you, it'll tickle your heart. Um, there's a story, Johnny Cash does a song called A Boy Named Sue and it's a story about a young boy who has a deadbeat dad who's going to leave him. But the dad, before he leaves him, decides, I'm going to name the boy Sue. And so this whole life, this kid grows up getting picked on and made fun of, and it makes him real tough and mean and fighter and all this stuff. And so, and he's so angry at his dad for leaving him and for naming him Sue. And so he says, I always looked for my dad, hoping I'd find him one day. And he says, one day in a bar, I found him. And so they, so this is all a song. This is not godly. This is not a, this is not a Jesus parable, okay? We'll come back to the but but it's it's so they get into this fist fight and they take it out into the middle of the street and they're fighting and I think one pulls a knife or a gun and they're about to like go at it and all this stuff and he he's you know and it, they have a father son moment <laughs> and the dad explains why he called him Sue and he goes well I just knew that I wouldn't be around to make you tough but if I gave you the name Sue you'd be forced to grow up and be tough and to be strong and they kind of have the, the father son moment and then they just walk away. And then and then at the end of the song, he goes, so if I ever have a boy, I'm going to name him Bill or Charlie or Robert or, you know, I'm never going to call him Sue. And so, but that's what Jabez's mom does. He's the pain, a pain, pain kid. And my point would be, is that Jabez, even though he was labeled a certain way, he did not 
he did not carry that label into his future. Or we can say it like this. He didn't let another person's label define his future. Didn't define his identity. Didn't define what he was going to pray, what he was going to believe for, what he would achieve in life. And that would be my encouragement to you is don't let anything from your past define your future. Only God gets to define your future. You don't have to carry the labels. I know our whole lives, we've been labeled certain things. Our whole lives, our childhoods, we've been labeled certain things. And I'm just telling you, you don't have to carry the label, even that your parents decided to give you, that you can let God give you a new name. You can let God give you a new label. This is why the whole New Testament is written in such a way that Paul and the Peter and these guys say, you know what you are now? You're blessed. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You're a child of God. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Where do you think they get these terms from? They're the labels that they receive from God. Decide this is how we're going to define our life and our future. We won't be defined by our past labels. Can I get an amen? That's just good. That's just encouraging. I, don't, I, I feel encouraged now. So, okay, all that being said, and I haven't even gotten to the prayer yet, so I need to hurry up. By the way, it's 1158 if you're taking medicine. So, In the prayer, are y'all tracking with me? Because I know you lost an hour of sleep. What? What did I say? Well, the clocks are wrong. Okay, what time is it? Okay, perfect. So I got plenty of time then. So, because if it's eleven fifty, I'd really need to wrap up in prayer, or half of y'all would be asleep. But so the prayer so so this is this is Jabez this is his life but this is his prayer and his prayer is awesome let's let's look into the prayer so this is what the prayer says the prayer goes like this the prayer says oh that you would bless me indeed enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that i may not cause pain the first thing that he prays is this and i love it he says lord would you bless me indeed everybody say indeed all right this is huge now in the hebrew language they don't have exclamation points Right? So like when you're texting people and you get excited, now we just bitmoji or whatever. But, but before bitmoji, we just all caps and exclamation points and we go crazy, right? The Hebrew language does not have exclamation points. So a lot of times what they would do is they would double words or add things to it or add an additional word. And that's what Jabez does here. He doubles down. So it's not like, Lord, would you please bless my life? It's like, Lord, like huge, like open the floodgates, bless me big time. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, bless me indeed. Now, now, couple, couple little observations here is that the, the word that he uses, there's two words in the Hebrew language that we took in English and made them bless. Everybody say bless. One of the ways that God wants to bless you is through sowing and reaping. So there's a lot of times in the Bible where the Bible says, you'll be blessed if you do such and such. Or such and such will lead to blessing. What that is, is that's cause and effect blessing, right? That if you do this, you will be blessed. And a wise person, listen to me, listen to me. A wise person will always look at the scripture and say, how can I align myself with the ways of God? Because the ways of God always lead to a more blessed life. That's just wisdom. Can I get an amen? So God is operating in the realm of cause and effect and sowing and reaping. But there's another Hebrew word that we translated blessed. And it is, it's got nothing to do with sowing and reaping. Because how many know sometimes you sow and you would like God not to make that come back in your life? You're like, if you could uproot that seed that I put in the ground. Uh, if you could make crop failure happen, I would appreciate it. There's sometimes we sow stuff and we don't want it to come back on us. We'd like God just to forgive and let go. And then the other thing is this, is that sometimes we don't want sowing and reaping. We just want gifts. 
right? You just want gifts. My wife is a gifts person, just so you know. So we just had birthday, and we just had anniversary, and I spent too much money. And so, and that's okay, because she's just worth it all and more. But those are just gifts. That's not cause and effect. That's not sowing and reaping. That's just gift blessing. When Jabez prays for a blessing, he's not praying for cause and effect, although that's wise. He's praying for the grace of God that is unearned and undeserved. He's just saying, God, would you just be awesome to me? Just because you're good, because you're kind, because you're loving, would you let that love and kindness just spill out on my life and just bless me indeed? Now, the other thing he does is this, is that he doesn't, he doesn't get into telling God how he wants to be blessed, which is really wise. He basically saying, God, I don't know what it looks like to you, but whatever your best would be, would you just open the floodgates and bless me? And here's why that's wise. Is have you ever noticed that sometimes you pray and then enough time goes by and then you realize I was praying for the wrong thing? Okay, all right. I just had like a 20-year reunion. And so like there's all these people on Facebook and we're trying to do a reunion thing and I'm not going. But it's in South Carolina, I'm I'm not going. But, but. Have you ever noticed like reunions can really tell this because like like she was so fine in the day and she was so awesome. And then now you see and you're like, dang, that girl train wrecked. But but at the time I was like, Lord, if you just make her mine and now you're so glad. I felt like Neo in the Matrix dodging bullets like, thank God he did not answer that prayer. Does that make sense? Sometimes you pray. This is what, see, this is what you don't. I, I know a guy that did this. He prayed to get in a job, and then he got in the job and realized he hated the job. He's like, wait a minute, I was praying for a thing that I thought would be a good thing. See, sometimes you don't even know, and it's better for you to leave your future in the hands of a loving and all-knowing God. It is better to give him the keys to the car, to let him determine the direction, to let him to determine the blessing, because Father knows best. Yeah, because it can get an amen. So, so, so Jabez starts with this big idea of, Lord, bless me indeed. Now, I actually think the whole prayer is just a big blessing. I don't think he asked for four things. I think he asked for one thing, and then he throws in three ideas that, that this is what it looks like. The next thing he says is this, is, Lord, would you enlarge my border? So he says, bless me indeed. Then he says, enlarge my border. This is what this literally means. He's saying we all have a lot in life. We all have like a realm of influence. We all have a plot of land, a territory, a realm. And he's saying, could you make my plot bigger? Could you expand my influence, expand my reach, expand my opportunity, put me in an opportunity to do more, go further, stretch further? And that's what he's saying, enlarge my border. And he's saying, God, would you please? And this is, this is why I pray this for the church. Is I pray this, this is the church prayer now. Is Lord, would you bless us indeed? Whatever that means, because I might pray for the wrong thing if I get too detailed. So whatever that looks like to you, would you bless me? But I know this, like I want you to take us as a church and enlarge our territory, our realm of influence, our reach, our kingdom impact, our ability to help, restore, baptize, encourage, help feed the poor, clothe the home. You name, whatever it is, God, would you please give us more resources, more things, more stuff so that we could enlarge our territory. Now for Jabez, this was a personal prayer, and I think it's awesome. And I'm saying this is our church prayer. God, would you please enlarge my territory? Number two is this, is this is the second part of it after he says, bless me, and he says that your hand would be with me. Now, this is kind of weird language because the way the Jewish people always talk, they talk in images, right? 
So like, for instance, like we might say, oh, you're arrogant, right? The Israelite would say you're a stiff-necked person. They just like using imagery in their words. So we would say, God, would you just please favor me? They would say, put your hand upon my life. And all throughout the Bible, you see this idea of God putting his hand upon people. And the hand of God throughout scripture just says something along the lines of, God, your power, your presence, and your favor, would you put it on my life? Your power, your presence, and your favor, would you put it on my life? That's what it means for the hand of God to be upon you. And really, again, this is something that's all throughout Scripture. Look at this real quick. Acts 11 verse 21 says this, And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Again, it was just kind of this idea of God. No, God's on them. Here's another one. I want you to just get this idea of, no, God actually wants to bless me. God wants to favor me. Later in 2 Chronicles, it says this. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal. You know what that means? God is looking for you. God's looking for opportunity to bless you. God's looking for opportunity to increase your border, enlarge your border, to put his hand upon your life, to favor you. And this is what Jabez is praying. Now, the other thing that you need to know about, about this prayer is this. Sometimes you don't want to pray this prayer because you're not sure you're deserving of it. Some of you don't pray this prayer because I don't think I'm worth it for God just to bless me and increase me and enlarge me. It sounds too me-focused, right? But do you notice that God never does correct Jabez and say, well, you know, that prayer's a little selfish, buddy. I just want to let you know you should be praying for peace in the Middle East instead. He doesn't do that. He, he honors the prayer. Sometimes we don't pray the prayer because we're afraid we're not deserving. Let me help you out real quick here. None of us are deserving. Let's just all put ourselves in that. None of us are deserving. So if none of us are deserving, then we're all deserving in some way. Does that make sense? Like it, it, it's a push. It doesn't even matter now at this point. So like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're, if you, some of you don't feel worthy. Let me help you out real quick here. God sent his son to die a brutal death on the cross so that you could be redeemed and forgiven. So although you in and of yourself might not feel that worthy, God has already determined your worth and value and it was the life of his son. So you're worth it. Here's another reason why sometimes we don't pray this prayer. You know why I just don't pray this? Some of us are afraid that if we ask for blessing that somehow God is maybe taking a blessing from somebody else and giving it to us. But that doesn't make sense either. Like if I'm blessed and somebody else isn't as blessed or if I'm blessed, God took it from somebody else to give to it. That's not true. That, that's ridiculous. As a matter of fact, let me give you, let me give you the math. This is the way the math works. Now, I'm, I'm finite. I have a limited amount of money. So if I have $400 in my pocket and you come to me and you say, Tyler, can I get $100? And I say yes, because I'm a good dude. So I'm all, here, here you go. So, so now you have 100 Now I have what? How much do I have? I have $300. The answer is not always Jesus in church. See? So, so 300, I have $300, right? Because you have more, I have... Right. Okay. What happens when God has infinite resources and then he gives away some? What does God still have? Infinite. So my point is, is that for God to give you everything cost him nothing. And it's not that he's got to steal from one of your brothers and sisters in Christ to bless you. God has an infinite supply of resources. So in light of that, you might as well ask, God bless me huge, go big or go home. No, not like that towards him, but but like go, go big in your prayers. You go big in your prayers. Or go home and go big in your prayers. Go home and pray. So, so go, go big. Go bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Put your hand upon me. Do great things with 
my life. And just be bold about it because God never corrects Jabez. Yeah, there's other stuff you ought to pray for, but like this is just a prayer. And this is the prayer that I've been praying for our church. God bless us indeed, enlarge our territory. And God, would you put your hand of favor on us as a church? Last part of the prayer, we're done here. Then he says this, and I think it's brilliant. He says, Lord, and he said, and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. I think that is so brilliant. You know, that's the end of the Lord's prayer, right? When he goes through and God keep us from evil, protect us from evil. It's the same idea. And I love this idea because here, here's the thing. When you pray, God, enlarge my border and bless me big and do, 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 put your hand of favor upon me. What he's saying is this. If I get more and more influence and more and more reach and more and more responsibility, God, would you keep me from harm? Because if, if I get more, then I got more to lose. And if I, got, if I climb higher, the fall is farther, right? And, and then he, and I think this dude, keep me from harm that I may not cause pain. Because God forbid we ever grow as a church and then somehow hurt people in the process. Wouldn't that be missing the point? So God, whatever you do in my life, don't let it like become a pride and arrogance thing. Don't let it become something that I become selfish or take for granted or become arrogant about God. Let me, God, don't let me fall from the grace that you have given me. And God, dare, please don't dare let me ever use it to hurt someone else. And that's this prayer. Now, again, the end of the prayer is, is that God granted him his request. And here's what I would say is I think God honors prayers that honor him. I think when you pray big prayers, it reflects that you have faith in a big God who can deliver on a prayer like that. So you might as well go big. You might as well say, bless me indeed. You might as well go all the way. At some point, you've got to say, hey, you know what? If Jabez, in the middle of the begots, in the middle of a chapter, in the middle of a book, it, it, that if you would answer his prayer, God, would you answer mine? And you know what my prayer as a pastor is? Is God a little church in the middle of Livermore? You ever notice how like when people ask you where you're from, if they're from another state? And then you're like, where are you from? You're from Livermore. Where's that at? And you're like, well, it's, it's San Francisco. You ever do that? It's just, it, it, it's just it's San Francisco. Because if you're from the East Coast, you don't know any, you know San Francisco. But like just this little church in the middle of Livermore. It even sounds weird, like liver. Livermore. I don't know. Who named this place? It's a guy, right? It's a, yeah, it's a guy. Robert Livermore? Like, in the middle of Livermore. But God, would you bless us? And not just a trickle, not just a little bit. Would you take our church and just bless us big, indeed? Enlarge our territory. God, would you take this church and expand our realm of influence so that we could make an even bigger kingdom impact? God, would you put your hand of favor on us? Would you put God, this is my prayer, God, would you put your presence on our church so that there's something about our church that carries the love of God, the presence of God in such a unique way? And God, would you, would you protect us as we make this climb into new territory and new favor? Would you protect us from evil? And God forbid, never, help us to never, ever use that to cause pain to someone else. And so if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. This would be the prayer that I would want you to pray. God, oh, that you would bless our church indeed. That you would enlarge our territory, that your hand would be with us, and that you would keep us from evil, that we may not cause pain. I asked you earlier, would you pray? 
Would you consider your finances? Would you be ready for a March 25th, just the day of faith and believing and sacrificial giving? But it all begins here. Would you pray? Please bow your heads and close your eyes today. God, I thank you so much for this great church, for what you're doing in us and through us. God, I pray that you would do a work in us. God, that you would, God, help our faith to rise within us, that you'd stir our faith, God. Help us to believe for big things, God, for you to bless us indeed, God, to to, to enlarge our territory. God, favor this church, I pray, God, and keep us from evil that we may not cause pain. Lord, that is my prayer today in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap today? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv. 